Spotify's not loading and my phone's better die, so cut right. the music. Okay, fuck it. We're just we'll do it live. All right. Uh welcome anyone who watched this, probably our close friends and family. Uh if you're it's 2 a.m. and you're looking through Twitter and you see this, hi. Uh this is I'm Ben Gordonair. It's my friend Elliot Lee, Ishaka Kravit of Velasco, and we're fuck we're winging it. And that's the name of the we're podcast. Winging it. We're winging it. And so we're just a couple of best friends talking about sports. And I mean, I think if we're talking about a sport, we got to talk about the NBA. We got to talk about this massive trade that went down. Obviously, this player coming over from Brooklyn. He, there's been a lot of controversy over how he's played, how much he's played. No one really knows what he's going to be for this future team. And I think I want to commend the team that traded for him because I think this takes a lot of guts. Even if it doesn't work out, it takes guts. And it was a smart play. And of course, I'm talking about uh, Walker Kessler to the Sacramento Kings, or Kessler <laughs> Edwards, actually. Kessler Edwards, the Sacramento Kings, uh, for cash considerations. So, Elliot Lee, what are your thoughts on uh, Kessler Edwards as a prospect? I mean, I haven't really seen a lot of him. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of minutes, so there's a lot of pretty much raw potential, I think. Um, I think he fits in with the scheme of the defense and the offense. So, I think with time, he'll do well if he gets minutes. Yep, yep. Shock. your thoughts, because I know um, you paid such close attention to this. <laughs> um, I didn't even know this trade happened. I think I saw one tweet about it, and that was it. But I think that it's like a decent – I think it's a decent trade. Like, how much is he getting paid? Like, five mil? Yeah, I'd say it's like he's fits, he's fits in the, he's been into the Bagley trade. Uh, okay. I don't know. The MLE or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think it's like a good – the Kings did a good job on swinging for him. He has a lot of potential. I remember he was there's a few stretches in the playoffs last year, or their one round against the Celtics, and in their like late season where he, he had a few couple game games where he strung together. And I yeah. think he's definitely going to be have more of a chance to succeed in the system in Sacramento because he's not behind uh, two Hall of Famers and then like a lot of other scores. So yeah. I think if in like a few years, few seasons, uh, if he keeps his production up, he can become like a solid role player. Yeah, like exactly. the future Harrison Barnes, maybe. I, I I'd like that honestly. I what intrigues me so much is he's he's six eight. He's big. He's a big wing. His his like landmark skill is his on ball defense and his his kind of swing skill is his three point shooting. And he's gonna get a lot of open looks playing with Foxy and Sabonis, just like everyone. So if he can convert those looks, like I think, absolutely, there's a chance. But if he doesn't work out, we literally gave up cash like i don't even know what how much money we gave up like this was a i think this is a really good trade for monty he's had a string of really good ones where he's just he's he's going for value and with at like a safe cost outside of the halliburton trade all of his trades have been swinging for high value with low cost so i i appreciate the trade all right fuck it let's talk about Kyrie. let's i know you guys been waiting. let's go so start the, i'll start off with Kyrie. so my problem with the i think it was a good trade for the mavs for a sense to get Luca help that he needs, but I don't know if that's the right the help that I would have gotten. Just because there's a risk factor when you have Kyrie Irving on your team of what's he gonna say to get himself suspended. But when he is playing, I think it's probably the best backcourt in the NBA. So yeah, the risk for reward is no very risk. high. I thought it was interesting that like a lot of teams like back in the day they would just swing for like stars, like not caring how they fit, like. They would just try to get as many like high talent players as they could and put them together. But then recently, more teams have been trying to build like role players and like swing players and stuff like that. So yeah. I thought it was interesting. That the Mavs kind of went for two almost ball dominant point guards, but yeah. at the same time, like 
Kyrie's like instant offense. Like everywhere he goes, he can score the ball. Yep. Every anytime Luke is out, he's like he'll probably be in. They'll probably stagger their minutes like that so that Kyrie can carry the majority of the load while Luke is out. And then now you have two like absolute probably top fifteen dudes, top fifteen closers in the NBA. Oh yeah. So no, it's yeah, kind of ridiculous. No, it, exactly. You guys said it on the head. It's like you can off the court. He's a whole separate issue. Like I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what anything. I just know that right now, concretely, the Mavericks. The hey, the bench scoring is fixed. <laughs> that problem is you don't have to worry about that anymore. You stagger Kyrie with those dudes, and he'll he'll get you buckets. I. I, I, I agree with what you said, Elliot. I think this is probably the most talented scoring backcourt in the NBA. And Ishaka, what you brought up about uh, swinging for stars instead of fit, I think you're you're right because after like the big three, like LeBron and uh, the South Warriors did, and everyone's like, oh, I'll just get as many good players on a team as possible and not worry about the bottom line. And I think people forget, like they gave up Dorian Finney-Smith and they gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, both dudes that not phenomenal, but good solid bench pieces i think the nets are really gonna appreciate having them yeah and then they also got a few couple picks i think it's 2027 and 2029 or something like that yeah and i think like the nets just overall they got rid of a lot of controversy they got two solid really solid role players especially then when he's been underrated for almost his entire time in the league and they get like a few a little bit of a future back after losing it all to boston back in the day so i like i don't have a problem with that trade um, I will say they're going to struggle with KD out, but luckily it's an all-star break and Kobe back after that. But yeah. I mean, it's worth, it was worth it. I think. I think it was a good trade for both teams, but I think the Nets really kind of won that trade. Um, I know that they've had a lot of interest or I think they should have interest in some of the Raptors players like OG, um, maybe Pascal with Thaddeus Young. And now that they have these first-round picks, I think they could probably try and make a move on some of those guys. Basketball. Yeah, Fred Fred Van Bleet's in there, too, because mm-hmm. the rappers are shopping everybody right now. So I can't believe they're, like, so mediocre. Like, I, I don't, I've watched I watched them beat the Kings at home. Like, they, their starting five is still a high-level starting five. I just can't believe they fell off so hard. They were putting up fights in the playoff last year. I mean, to unbeat. They, took the, they took the Sixers to six or something, right? So, yeah, yeah. And then with Kyrie and just in general, like regardless of what he does off the court, like he's still flirts with the 50, 40, 90 season for the last, what's this? I have it right here. Like the last six years, he's been close to a 50, 40, 90. Like it's just ridiculous how talented a scorer, a scorer he is. So I think this is really going to help out the Mavs offense because when Luke is not on, the, not on the court or when like the players aren't hitting their shots, the Mavs are like the hardest team to watch in the league. Oh, it's yeah. it's awful basketball. My question for the Mavs is when they do make the playoffs, depending on their seating, if they have to play away and against teams like possibly the Suns, Pelicans, uh, even possibly the Kings, how will they play away with kind of a, I don't know how to say it, but more based on two players and the whole team? Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. That's my worry. I think I think that'll be their downfall because the Suns are already running or the Mavericks are already running a dangerously heliocentric offense with Luca. Like Harden 2016, 2017, 2018, Harden-esque. Like whenever you're nearing that type of usage rate on a star, they're gonna break down. And my my concern, uh what you said, and 
largely the question I was going to ask next is if you're Mark Cuban and you're the Mavericks GM, um, what do you do to shore up this defense? Because I don't think, how are you going to stop any of the dominant guards in the West for sure? Where, who's checking John Morant in a playoff series? Who's checking a guy? Who's checking a guy like Nikola Jokic? I, I'm my biggest word for them is they don't have a center. I don't feel comfortable with JaVale McGee, Dwight Powell. I mean, respect JaVale McGee, of course. Very good Hall of Famer. In, in the Hall of Very Good. You know, he ain't in the yeah. Hall of Famer, but he's a very solid player. But he's 35. He I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Dwight Powell, we know what he is. He's a serviceable big man. You don't want to play in 30 minutes of the playoffs. That's what happened last year. And, I mean, I don't know what other center they have on that roster. Like, I think, what 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 do you, what do you guys do if you're the GM? What what do you do before the deadline to shore up this this roster? Uh, well, I thought I think Luca last year in the in their playoff run to the Western Conference Final, I actually thought he played. It wasn't like like stop Curry type of defense, but he held his own for the most part in that series and through that most of that stretch with the Suns, they absolutely fried the Suns in that series. That was ridiculous. But I think that they could set something up kind of like the um, the Celtics did in the bubble. I don't know if you guys remember that, where they did uh, all them off-ball mm-hmm. switches with um, Kemba Walker to protect him. So they could do something similar with that, because they still have some net positive defenders. I mean, at least Reggie Bullock's pretty much a defense-only guy. Josh um, Green has Josh Green has solid defensive chops in the movement, and then they're, they're probably going to get torched. I mean, Christian Wood can kind of play the four and the five, but JaVale McGee has like, historically not been the rim presence. So... But I think their wings are probably their best, like, defensive assets right now. Yeah. No, it's Ellie, what are you thinking? I'm thinking is that when they have to go in and play more physical teams, I think, like you said, JaVale McGee's kind of time's passing them up. He's going to get bullied. They're going to target the weak part of that defense is obviously going to be the post and their big men. So – I mean, as long as they can keep foot to foot with Luca and Kyrie, or at least guard one of them, they're going to have an advantage, I think, on or any team in the playoffs will have an advantage on the Mavs in that sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think, Shock, you brought up a good point with those off-ball switches. The Mavericks really had – people forget their defense powered a lot of that run last season. Obviously, yeah. you, you remember the Luca highlights, and you remember Jalen Brunson, you know, <laughs> earning himself $120 million from the Knicks, but – they played really scrappy. They played, if I remember correctly, they played switch-heavy defense that required a lot of effort. And, you know, I think it comes back to, even if they don't make a personnel change, which me personally, call me crazy, I'm calling Chicago, maybe get me Andre Drummond. I mean, at least you know he can rebound the ball. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I think you need you need Kyrie to buy in. You need him to buy into this team. At least get him to – because he, he, he's not a bad defender if, he, if he's working. Yeah, defense to me is – it's. 90% of it is effort. How hard are you working? If if you yeah. if if you if you're with the team and if you're if you're switching in the scheme, you can do it even with negative defenders. The issue is they have so many negative defenders. I just I don't I'm I'm not confident that they're beating a team like the Nuggets or like the Mavericks or shit even the Kings. Hey, I mean, we're not there yet, but like I mean, I don't know. Any any team that can light up the scoreboard is just I think they're going to have to win an arms race. And I don't think that's a sustainable way to win a seven series. I think Kyrie will buy in at least to an extent, at least for the rest of the season, because we've seen it with the, with the Celtics and with the Nets, like his first few years or uh, games or seasons or whatever you want to call it. Like 
he was pretty active, especially on the offensive end. Of course, we talked about what a talent he is. But especially on defense, I think if he applies himself, he could be, I wouldn't say a net positive, but like net neutral. Yeah. Like he can check maybe like a two or a, like not an elite one like Jaw, but he could probably check like most of most of the point guards in the league if he really tries. So I think it's going to rely a lot on that. And then also them figuring out how to rotate their lineup so that they don't have like, four bad defenders on the court at a time. E, what you thinking? I can see I can see the gears turning. I'm kind of starting to shift away from the Mavs and I'm starting to shift to more trade rumors. Okay. That was just me though. Me. Um I've been thinking about the Lakers needing to make a trade. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking maybe something with the Jazz and Jordan Clarkson. Mm-hmm. Um I know the Jazz have interest in Russell Westbrook. So that's just kind of what I've been thinking is what could the Lakers do to get more help for LeBron to make them a playoff team? You know, as, as a certified Kings fan and Lakers hater, I don't think they should make any trades. I think they're good. Uh, no, yeah. Re- part, more is all you need. The the real part of me is just saying, I hope they end up as the worst team in the league, but yep. yeah. No, I, yeah. No, uh, I think Palinka has got a, he has to bite the bullet and he's going to, have to with the level LeBron's playing at you I, I I understand wanting to preserve the future but you're gonna have to bite and you're gonna have to give up those picks those those 20 that 2027 and that 2029 firsts which have cost him from a lot of trades in in the past like the Kyrie trade he was holding those out although Sean Marks didn't even want to send Kyrie to LA which I think is hilariously petty I I respect that level of pettiness um but no I think um I'm I'm not sure where I'd go with LA because I'm I don't know Ishaka what are you, what are you thinking? I think yeah the Jazz have a lot of good trade assets. I mean Jordan Clarkson if they want if the Lakers want to take a swing on like another really young player they have Walker Kessler or Ochai Agbaji, but then they have another another dude that I think could really help the Lakers if they go for it and that's Jared Vanderbilt. I mean like he's not a great shooter but he's up to thirty three percent on the season. And so I think that's kind of what they need. That's what they're swinging for on Rui Hachimura, like a big 3 and D guy, someone that can finish plays. So I think Jared Vanderbilt would be like a huge asset if they can get him. But they would have to give up. I don't know if it would be Russ or the picks, but they could do like a solid three-man trade for Russ or the picks or just random players on the Lakers roster who I didn't even know existed. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw today, I saw a trade. I believe it was Russ and the 2027 pick. And they got Conley and they got uh, Vanderbilt. And I believe Malik Beasley might have been thrown in there too. Which Malik I, Beasley's another one. I forgot he was out of jazz. That is, I think with the Lakers, despite their struggles, they are a win-now team with LeBron not getting any younger, but he's playing out of his mind right now. He's probably going to pass, hopefully pass um, Kareem in a, in a little bit here. But we, we got to talk about that in a second. Yeah. yeah. But that's just ridiculous. I just, I just think the Lakers need to find get Russ out and bring young talent or even not even young talent in to get a ring for LeBron. When you yeah. have you have LeBron James, who is still impossible, and again we'll get to that in a second, impossibly playing like a top ten player. You have Anthony Davis, who he's injury prone, but we've we've seen what he can do. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And like you have to, you have to, you teams, unless the Lakers are spoiled, but teams don't have that level of talent like frequently. Like this is a once in a decade plus type of 
two like top two guys you have. So I, yeah. I, think, I think it would be a disgrace to them if Polinka didn't do everything in his power to build a roster to compete. I think the Jazz trade is a great avenue. I'd call the Raptors. I'd maybe Van Vliet. I think Van Vliet would be a perfect guard for them. You know, also, I think this is kind of a more under the radar trade. I'm not I'm not positive it would go through because I know they really want to hold on to him. But call Detroit. See if you can get Boyan Bogdanovich. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. Oh, yeah. He, he he can fit into a team defensive scheme. He's a proven veteran. Like I, the Lakers, they need shooting. They'll always have the defense with AD down low when he finally stops being a bitch and decides to play center. And then he's a freaking monster on defense. They'll, I, there's, there's, there's avenues for the Lakers to go, but they're going to have to bite the bullet. They're going to have to swallow their pride and they're going to have to say, okay, take the picks, take whatever you need. There, there's so much parity in the league right now. They actually have a shot, which is incredible. Yeah, I feel like they could really use like a, I don't, I don't know, like a scrappy like little guy. Like Celtics have Marcus Smart, the Pelicans have Jose Alvarado, the Bulls have Caruso. They got rid of Caruso, which is stupid. But they, if they could get some somebody like that, that could kind of like, and if that player, whoever it is, like Van Vliet or someone like that, if they could get LeBron to buy in on def- defense and like everyone to just like fully commit, then I think they could make a run. I don't think they have enough to win I agree, or yeah. but they can probably make a second or the western conference final so yeah i know i think as long as you have lebron playing at the level he's at right now i think you've got to at least try and take a make make a swing for it yeah yeah no i, just, I mean as good as lebron then he only got what five uh, actually it's lebron i don't even i don't even want to put like a limit on it because yeah i thought he was done like 10 years ago let's let, yeah. let can, can we how, dude? Sorry, no, Elliot, you go. I mean, I would just say, like, for how tight the Western Conference is from the one seed to the 11 seed, you you can't take any chances. No, nope. it could completely flip on its own within yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, we could we could spend the whole time just talking about potential trades that Western Conference teams need to make because I don't think any team can afford to remain complacent at the deadline. But mm-hmm. yeah, if if if, if we're going to talk about LeBron, which I think we're obligated to because this is a historic thing. I'm not sure if we'll ever see a guy of his talent ever again. I, 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 um, there's not enough superlatives for the accomplishment he's about to get with the passing the most points of all time. But this is just a coronation. This isn't like, oh, now he's the greatest player of all time. This is like, I, I've, I go back and forth on MJ or LeBron. I don't, I don't think the debate will ever end, but the, what he's accomplished ninth all time in three pointers made, which I bet a lot of people, a lot of people say he's not a good three point shooter. Well, I don't take that into account. Fourth all time in assists total. And he's not even seen as one of the greatest offensive presences of all time in some eyes. And it's, I, I mean, I don't know. He's shocked. What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know if you saw that uh, interview with JJ Reddick where he's talking about all that. Oh yeah. People say like, LeBron isn't that. clutch. Like, that's just insane. I mean, he's one probably he's a top two player in the league he's ever seen. And I think he's definitely he's definitely breaking the record tonight. Like some people say thirty-six is like he's not gonna get it. He's finished score like twenty-five or whatever, but nah man, like that's how his family's pulling up. Like all this whole team high school like, teammates. He's putting, yeah. He's, he's putting up fifty shots to get that damn record. Like he does not <laughs> care. At all. Last game, this dude's getting sixty attempts, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like he's, he's the rock. 
FU3, like, he's just taken 15 of them, like, back-to-back. He's thrown up from Dame range and shit. But I think it goes back, like, he's just, he's been he's been doing it since longer than we've been alive. Think about which, no, dude, And since he's had more pressure on him, at least MJ got to have a normal, like, childhood. And as normal mm-hmm. as he did, like, he went to school, he was he was a, a a highly touted prospect, like not normal by any 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 stretch of the imagination, but normal for an NBA player, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. But LeBron, since he was like 16, ESPN was at his high school for him with cameras to nationally nationally televise every fuck everything he did. And he hasn't slipped up off the court. He had the one thing in China where he defended the league. And that's <laughs> like, I mean. There's no controversy. He hasn't been caught cheating on his wife. He's been faithful. I mean, look, let's be honest. I don't know. Nothing's been released. He's never, never got caught. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he has been, he's been as good as a face of the league as I think you could ever have. He's been phenomenal. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't have enough words. Elliot, what do you, what are you thinking? I just think it's ridiculous that it kind of hit me today that no one's ever, he's never been in the talk for some of the greatest scores of all time. You always think of Kobe Bryant. Durant, even yeah. you say Steph Curry now, but he's never really been in those talks, and I just don't understand quite why. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people kind of pass up like, oh, it's just LeBron. Yeah, but for, no, I, to honestly, be, I think so. Sorry, sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, but just the, what he's been able to do consistently and somehow get even better for the past two decades has been absurd. Yeah, I mean, that amount of production is at the age of how old is he now? 38, 36? Like, I mean, it's it's we haven't seen anything like that before and he's gonna keep going he's not gonna yeah stop. he's gonna go until brian like, he's 40 it's kind of ridiculous how it keeps happening i remember like early in the year i'd get like a notification and be like uh braun 40 points and i'd be like oh what he does like it's just like he does it so often and like so consistently that we don't even react to it yeah like if my favorite player scored a 40 ball i'd be like oh my god let's go you know MVP him or whatever, but he's averaging what like twenty nine and eight yeah. and six or something like that. In every yeah. other year, okay, this is the tightest MVP race we've seen in a while. Oh, but yeah. like every other year, he'd definitely be in the top three for MVP. But yeah. it's yeah, it's I don't I can't even like put it into words. I mean, how much? Yeah, like, he, what he is. His defense is not as consistent as it's been in the years past, Luke. But the man's thirty-eight years old. Like he's he's give averaging. Him, give, him, give him some slack. Yeah, the dude. Yeah, is, he deserves he, a break. <laughs> I, I mean, like yeah, think about that shit. He was drafted before when when was his first like NBA game? Was it like October of two thousand four? No, it was it was it was earlier. It was like two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we weren't even conceived. <laughs> we were we were yeah. we we were hypotheticals. And this dude, I, I think, I think you, Elliot, I think you touched on something really interesting. And uh, Ishaka too. We're so accustomed to greatness, and yeah, you know, he he's not a, a flashy score. And so, like he has the Lee fuck you three, and that's it's funny, <laughs> but he he's just kind of a, a presence. He's always there. Like he's he's gonna one possession. You just he, you know he's gonna catch the ball on the left wing. He's gonna shot fake. He's gonna jab step, and he's gonna take a right hand dribble, and he's gonna get to the cup, and he's gonna get a layup. And that's going to happen three or four times a game. In the clutch time, you know who's getting the ball, and you know who's probably going to score the ball. It's going to be LeBron. And he he just does it so smooth, you'll watch the game. And, like, in the Kings games he's played, 
I've watched the game and I've been like, oh, okay, LeBron's been kind of quiet. And I'll check the score and it's like 25. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he, the standards we have for LeBron are ridiculously high. He came into the league with already these absurd standards and he somehow surpassed that. Yeah. And Same. we, I don't think we really appreciate that. And I think it's, we've kind of been, he's spoiled us really with some of the greatest basketball we've ever seen. Um, yeah, I just don't know what else to say besides like he's probably like what JJ Reddick said earlier today, he's probably the best score of all time. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, it, I got his you go, you, back. you go, uh, yeah, I got his basketball reference page right here, and I'm looking from like his quote unquote prime years, uh, 29 on. He's pretty much had the same stat line those entire years. I mean, this year, obviously, there's like a dip in his three ball efficiency. And his two-point efficiency and his free throws, obviously, not great. Yeah. Um, but, like, the fact that he's been able to maintain that for 10, 12 years is, like, it's mind-boggling how good he is at playing basketball. <laughs> and yeah. he's only won, what, two MVPs? Three? Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I think. Yeah. yeah I think it's, he, he got two in Miami, right? And then I think he got one in Cleveland. What? I don't think he got one in Cleveland. I think it's just two. Oh shit! Damn, that, yeah, that's but, that's insane. Yeah, it's it's just what a talent. Like we're probably never going to see someone else like him ever again. No, I don't. I don't think so. He is. He's special. 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 And I don't know. I think he's okay at basketball. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's probably uh, right. Uh, e, right. You got something you want to talk about? Um, no, I think that we should switch kind of switch gears to the Super Bowl this this coming weekend. Oh, yep. All right. And I think maybe a thing we need to talk about is the Eagles' defensive line and how are the Chiefs going to protect Patrick Mahomes? I mean, look, it, it, people know how to, Mahomes is such a. I'm going to start gushing again, like I was, like I'm talking about LeBron. But he's he, he's such a phenomenal talent uh, in in football. The way to beat a quarterback like Mahomes, who can do everything per, right, you just you have to get pressure. The defensive line has always been the the offensive line and the and the trench. Every game is decided in the trenches, right? But if they, um, I don't, I think I know, I know Reed, Andy Reed. He's he's watched the tape of the Tampa Bay Super Bowl probably 15 times by now. Oh yeah, I cannot let that happen again. Elliot, if you were the OC, how would you scheme it? Like, how would you get him out from from that defensive line? I think you got to keep the defensive line on their toes. You got to mix in a lot of runs, maybe even have – well, with Patrick Mahomes, we don't know exactly how healthy he is right now. I mean, you could tell at the end of the AFC Championship game, you could tell he's hurt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So with the Eagles smelling that blood in the water, I think you just got to do your best to keep him on your toes, whether that's play actions, trick plays different offensive line schemes and looks to kind of, I mean, I honestly don't know how the Chiefs are going to do it. I mean, the Eagles defensive line, they all have 10 plus sacks. Yeah, no. And I mean, you saw that in the Niners game, like Corey Shaka and I watched in a four as, I mean, Purdy. I mean, Hassan Reddick, I, he's amazing. I mean, what he did to, I mean, I really have no words. I mean, he's 19 and a half sacks this year. I personally think he was defensive player of the year, but that's yeah, just I'm, me. 
It's fair. I'm, I'm a Nick Bosa guy, but <laughs> I mean, it's understandable. Uh, Shaka, what do you, as a more casual football fan, what are you thinking going <laughs> to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm not a not a huge football guy. More basketball and the soccer, but I think it's what I can understand. Um, it's just kind of like an all time great offense with an all time great quarterback, probably Hall of Fame already, versus like one of one of the best defenses I've seen in a while. Like yeah. their front seven is all ridiculously talented. Hassan Reddick is he just absolutely fried whoever he wanted in that um, NFC Championship game. But then also they have like really solid cornerbacks. Darius Slay has been doing it for a long, long time. Yep. So I think it's going to be really interesting the matchups with like how Kittle plays, how uh, Pacheco plays, and then how like Slay plays. But I also think it's it is going to be a problem that Mahomes isn't hundred percent because that his mobility is a thing he relies on a lot. Yep. So I think with that taken away, it's definitely going to affect their game plan. You know, I think uh, Sirianni has not been shy about. You know, he's he's a def, he, like people like he's kind of an asshole. Like he's 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 in your face. He's you know all rah rah and all that shit. But um, I think I think he he's not going to be shy and he's going to blitz the shit out of Mahomes. And that's what oh he, yeah. Like I think if I if I were Shaka, you hit you hit the nail on the head. This is an all time great quarterback, all time great offense. And I think what you have to do is um, Kelsey is going to be huge in this game. It how oh yeah back he looked yeah. he looked good. Like he looked like he always does in the playoffs, phenomenal. Um, but I think he, him as a safety valve, Mahomes has been so much better this year at taking the short stuff and letting the game come to him. But if any team is going to have the pressure to the uh, to get him off his spot, it's going to be the Eagles. Uh, in in the Bengals game, they had to require they they had to rely on a lot of really creative play calls, play designs, and. Their, their DC is incredible at that. He's given Mahomes the most problems he's had in his entire career. But the Eagles don't have the Eagles don't have to worry about that. They can line up their guys against your guys, and we're going to beat you. And that's what they've been doing all year. And guess what? They It's worked. <laughs> it's worked. I mean, I think that's going to be that's going to be huge. And then on the other side, obviously, Jalen Hurts is going to do what he's what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. He's been he's been phenomenal. That RPO offense. Uh, so many teams, uh, the the idea of a pro-style offense is, uh, in my opinion, a little overrated because why would you not just design – why wouldn't you – if you have a talent at quarterback, why would you not build your quarterback? Especially mm-hmm. when he's on – and this is what, uh, this is what I want to ask you guys. This is kind of two teams that are built differently. Mahomes is getting paid an ungodly amount of money, like half a billion dollars. Like, okay, man. And – and so, and so they have to build their team with that contract looming over everything. But the Eagles have Hurts on a rookie contract, so they're able to throw money at Son Reddick, Darius Slay, all the names we've mentioned before, James Bradbury, um, AJ Brown, Nella, who has been the difference in my opinion for their offense production. Mm-hmm. Another weapon, the trickle down effect of having AJ Brown. So now Devonta Smith is a two, and now you have to worry about the deep threats of the RPO game, which is so lethal already. Just gets more and more lethal. Um, so my question to you guys, long-winded. This again, we're winging it. We <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get better at this as we go on. But uh, my question to you guys is, which do you think will be the most sustainable way in the future to build a team around a franchise quarterback that you're paying an ungodly amount of money, and that price is only going to keep going up as the cap increases, or get a rookie scale guy who can 
you know, hold his own and build the team around him to build him up? Which would you guys feel more comfortable in doing? I think getting a bunch of young guys and building them up from the bottom has always kind of been a a not quite reliable, but a cheap way to do it. But it always proven in most sports, it can't always work. You can look at the Oakland A's, you can look at the St. Louis Cardinals, you can look at, you could even say the Kings. Um, well, the Kings been young talent. Our young talent. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> they are like trying to grow talent, and with that, I think that brings in a lot of different variables, as in the coaching staff, which is very hands-on in football. So for me, I would say you have to go out and get a QB because that's the guy that's going to be leading your team, motivating them. So I'm. We, we got to do work. We got to win this shit. And I really think that Patrick Mahomes has been the lead example of why you need a great quarterback. If you want to truly be successful in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Shaka, your thoughts. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think you need to have uh, an all-time quarterback because there isn't a lot of like great guys that come in the league their rookie year or their first few years. I mean, there's like Hertz, of course, and then Allen and Burrow and that's, yeah, really kind of it. But I think if you get a really solid QB and then kind of surround them with, I don't want to say like mid talent, but maybe not the like Pro Bowl type players. And if you surround them with solid players, you're you're gonna win games. I mean, like going in, I didn't I didn't know who Isaiah Pacheco was before this season. He's played very well. Um, I can hardly name the Chiefs receivers off the top of my head, but like the fact that they're in this game. The fact that they're even in this game um, shows that, like, even if you don't have the greatest skill position players, the quarterback itself can just just straight up win you games. And And I think – sorry, I just want to say something real quick. I think the biggest example of it, of the importance of a good quarterback, would be the 49ers. Yep. Um, Brock (laughs) Purdy goes down, and I know this is a little fresh still, but Brock Purdy goes down and – the whole the whole the whole game falls apart i mean yeah well all due respect josh johnson that dude came in dropped a, dropped the snap fumbled the ball then got concussed and i well you know, yeah fleet legend, i don't think josh johnson but yeah yeah man deep cut you guys remember the the aaf in like 2019 oh my goodness yes yeah, josh johnson was the quarterback of the san diego yeah i'm gonna throw that out yep. there for what it's worth, man. What was it? What was the team you supported in that league? San Diego Fleet. There's a San. That was the San Diego Fleet. Oh, thing. didn't. Was that the quarterback that got like absolutely like that cracked? Was, that, that that was mm-hmm. Ben Nucci. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because yeah. I don't remember anything from that league besides like that's one of the the best hit sticks I've ever seen. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Roll the clip. We're gonna edit <laughs> this in. Roll the clip. <laughs> yep, yep. Let's go. It's a probably yep. future me when I edit this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was interested by our hypothetical of rookie contract quarterback versus big money quarterback. So I, I'm looking at the previous year Super Bowls right now, and obviously last year you kind of had this matchup with the Rams and uh, the Chiefs or the Rams and the Bengals, but that was that was a very unique case where I think Leslie mm-hmm. paid half the sum of 
the entire United States net profit and to get every single position on that team loaded. And Matthew Stafford, he's yeah. a good pro. He was a good pro, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what that meant. We're going to cut that. We're going to cut that. That was just stupid. <laughs> Look, get, get out of here. So I'm in James yeah. Meyer Hall right now. I'm losing my mind. It's cold. Can't feel my hands. All right. Hey, man. I, I think like, yeah. I have one more thing. I think it's like easier to win with an all-time great quarterback than an like elite wide receiver. I mean, uh, how many times did like A.J. Green – I saw I just retired, and he was an absolute beast in – Incredible. Uh, Cincinnati, but like he never had, he never won. He never had a good quarterback. Nope. Uh, you seen that with Justin Jefferson right now? Nope. Uh, Alan Robinson, Mike, and he's uh Justin Jefferson telling Kirk to throw the damn ball. Um, <laughs> who Me- Megatron? Another one. Like you need to have a quarterback. Quarterback. I mean, all due respect to Matt. Staff- like Matt Stafford was good, but he just never had an infrastructure. Football is the single. Football is the sport that requires the most building. In my opinion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, you can't just have a guy. Every team has a guy. I mean, that's the drill secret. Every team in the league has one guy that you can say yeah. that guy is great. He is a phenomenal player. He he might be a pro bowler. You can say that about every team in the NFL. Can't say that about every team in the NBA. Can't say that about every team in the MLB. You can say that about every team in football. But the difference is, Super Bowls aren't won by Justin Jefferson. I mean, obviously they're run. They're they're won by Justin Jeffersons, by the AJ Greens by the megatrons but the 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 dirty little secret is what's what's really going to win you that super bowl is hitting on your six round pick and getting a really serviceable rotational corner you know it's going to be it's going to be working the 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 free agency it's going to be signing you know uh a left tackle for 100 or not not 100 like 10 million dollars for two seasons that's gonna only Mm -hmm. allow five or so sacks like those are around the margins is where you find success in the nfl more so than any other sport in any other league i've ever seen yeah, yeah, I have to agree. But, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so, Elliot, I know you got that. Uh, I know you got that science test to get to. So, I'm a. I, I know you've been itching to talk about Islam versus Volk, and oh I'm, yeah, I'm interested too. So, Ishaka's already disassociating. Why don't you give? I'll, him I'll stay quiet on. for a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey. So, yeah, yeah, g- yeah. G- give, give him a run now. Paint, paint, paint. So. So Volkanovski's are in a weight class lower than Islam, which is Islam is at mm-hmm. 155 and Volkanovski's at 145. So Volkanovski for kind of a little brief history, that's what I'm, he was a Australian rugby player before and he used to weigh 210 pounds. And then he fought at 170 pounds, which is a welterweight division in the UFC. And then he finally dropped down to this 145, which is a very big difference in in fighting wise for the UFC. So now he's going against this Russian Islam Mikhaev, who happens to be a already bigger uh lightweight. So he probably walks around at 175, 185 ish. So basically these two are fighting for a possible possible for Volknazi that I have two uh championship belts, one at featherweight and one at lightweight. And basically, it's the big. I think it's probably one of the closest fights that you'll ever see, yeah. And that I've seen since, honestly, John Jones in DC. Man, that's a it's a big call. It's a big call. Um, I kind of just looked at their scorecards from who they've beat. Uh, you might have heard of guys like Max Holloway. Uh, Ben probably heard of or Jose yeah. Aldo. Yeah, I'm 
Sorry, well, Shaka. It's kind of in the dark. Yeah, Hulk's been a phenomenal champion, right? He's he's been he's been great. And I, I'm gonna be honest, I need someone to put Islam on his ass. After after he did my boy Nate Diaz like that, I need I need mm-hmm. I need some retribution. I need I need to get back. Stockton. Yeah. Represent yeah. Stockton. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I don't really see a way Volk can win this fight. I mean You know? I, I, I think if Volk, you if you if you look at the striking, I say Volk takes it. You look at the wrestling, it's Islam, submissions, it's Islam, and then the X factor. Yeah. For both of them, for Volk's X factor is that grit, like he will pound you into the canvas for twenty five minutes, no matter how tired he is. Pause. And pause. that pause. But <laughs> if I just think Islam is too technical, he's got a he he averages three point four takedowns for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, he has a sixty five point nine percent takedown percentage, which means which is tenth all time in the UFC. But I mean, that, I just, that was what we did to Nate. He took him down, and then he just. Yeah, know. I just, I. For Volk, oh, yeah, if, I'm if sorry. Volk, you're yeah. good. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's too simple to say Volk needs to not get taken down. That's the most elementary thing. What he yes. needs to do is survive. He needs to survive mm-hmm. when he's on the round. He can't get taken down early in early in the round. If he goes down three minutes left in the round, I am not confident in his ability to get out of it. Exactly. Not, not, not a knock on Volk, simply uh, respecting the the force that is Islam. But he has to survive. He has to keep the fight up for as long as he can. And he has to do everything in his power to, like, drag it. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but has Islam fought, like, into championship rounds yet? No, he has not. I mean, he took down Charles Oliveira, I believe, and it was the third round. Um, and... So I he, think he has gas. He has some gas. He can go. He but. he definitely. It's the question is he didn't get beat up against Oliveira. Mm-hmm. You looked at it. He was pretty much untouched. Yeah. So Volk is going to be a guy. He throws a lot of strikes. I think he's around the around seven significant strikes a minute, Oof. and he outstriked Max Holloway, who I think is the best striker boxer yeah, in the UFC. Anytime you're outstriking Max Holloway, you're having a good night. Yeah, and I know people will say it's controversial, but I truly think he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if Islam has finished every person he's taken to the ground, mm-hmm. I mean, ten went. He has ten fights since ten wins by submission, and uh, I mean, it's if he gets Volk gets taken down, it has to be late in the round. Yeah, no, exactly. I think I I I don't think Islam's seen a striker like Volk yet. And mm-hmm. as battle tested and one with as much pop and one with as much. Endur- I think what you said about the intangibles and intangibles are kind of the, the ultimate fallacy in a sports debate. You know, if my guy doesn't have a, anything, I can just say, oh, he wants it more. And then uh, yeah. there's nothing you can prove. But in this case, there is a UFC is such a sport of will. I mean, unless you just get your lights turned out by a haymaker. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he 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 has he's been there. And he's still young enough where he's not washed. He's he hasn't had his, he hasn't had his lights turned off too many times. He's still he's still quick. He still has it. I think he's been there more. Maybe this is just my heart talking because I want him to win, but I think he legitimately has a shot. Like you said, don't get taken down early in the rounds. You got to drag that fight, take it to fourth, take it to the fifth, and that's when I think his striking is going to be the difference. Yeah, and I 
I do think it's it's going to be really hard for Islam too because he, I mean, on paper, Islam is the bigger guy. But if Volk ends up weighing a little bit more, then I could see it evening out to a split decision or get going Volk's way. Because at the end of the day, fighting at 155 to, compared to 145 is a pretty big difference yeah it's only 10 pounds um you feel it's only way. 10 pounds but you feel that extra weight so I, i'm not going to question volk's gas tank because yeah. it's amazing um but i i just i think the only way volk can win this is by going to decision because islam will turn his light will turn his lights off I mean, I'm, I, I, I think, I think Volk has a shot. He, Volk, Volk is, has a bunch of chance every time he throws, but I do agree. I think that's the safest bet for him. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to start trading with Islam. I don't want to, I want to, I want to play this fight smart. I want to play this fight technical. I want to get down to basics, and I want to outlast him to the judges. Which yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it's not sexy, it's not flashy, but it wins you fights and it gets you two belts, and that is a incredible coach. And that, and that's what he has done too. So I. I don't doubt that he will take it into the deep rounds, but it's just a matter of how efficient he is and how efficient Islam is at the end of the day of what they do when he gets taken down, when Islam gets taken down, if he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could look at the Charles Oliveira fight. Um, Char- the only way for Charles to win that fight, really, I think was on the ground and that he had to just tire him out. But everything Charles did was just not going. He did nothing. But then again, Volk is a very much more well-rounded and efficient fighter than Charles. So mm-hmm. I just think we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm stoked. I'm going to try to get the card. Uh, probably going to pirate it because that is very expensive. Uh, I'll uh, get my roommate to watch it. Good. We're Dana White. We're obviously kidding when we say we're going to pirate it. We're going to we're going <laughs> to buy we're going to buy it. I don't wants yeah. Yeah. to come knocking yeah. on my door well, that was that was a joke that was funny i would never for legal for legal purposes we I, are I don't, paying full price not once <laughs> for no. legal reasons i don't know what stream east is <laughs> yeah who knows i don't know i mean <laughs> oh man hey all right man that was fun as hell uh that was very fun i see can i see you all next week hell yeah same time. I think oh, we'll yeah. have a shit ton to talk about next week. So, <laughs> yeah. yes. Hey, we, we, we might have to do an emergency podcast depending on what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. If, if something big goes down. Yeah. A little short short episode. KD yeah. to the Kings. We uh, traded for the wrong forward. Dude. Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. <laughs> oh, my God. If we if we, if we we trade JB, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching basketball no more. Like, I'm I'm repping the team right now. What if you trade? I, couldn't, I can't do it. What if you trade? If we trade who? Yeah. I'm also gonna. I'm also gonna be mad, bro. <laughs> we better. We better give up. Uh, Fiondu, Cabigale, and Luke Cornett for KD. That's a package I want to see. <laughs> up on your team, we traded for him last year. Who? Uh, I'm not gonna try the last name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce that so well. <laughs> I have uh, a lot I'm of sorry. practice. I'm sorry. He's, he's in all my trade scenarios. Yeah, I'll give up Casey Akpala. That's about it. Yep. He's good, I'm not giving up Dell. He's the glue guy. Casey's just been. Uh, he just needs to hit an open three, and then he's good to go. Yeah, he needs. Jeez, man, it's not a good trait to have. <laughs> Bro, hey, we 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 got Castle Edwards. We're good. I don't know. I just I need I need the Kings to go get Plumley. That's what I need. Oh my God, I want I want underrated passer right there. Right, he's just like Sabonis, very light. 
Sabonis, this is like very... streamy Sabonis, if you will. Yeah, the white Kevin Garnett is what we call on Mason Plumley. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. They're comparable players. Comparable players. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's your deadline target for the Celtics? I would like to have a backup center that's not Luke Cornett because, like, jump contest is funny. And then it's like, okay, play basketball now. Um, <laughs> but I think we're pretty pretty solid uh, guard position once you get smart back. And obviously we have uh, two, like, a really solid wing rotation. Yeah. Who is, like, who are they shopping for? Who is, like, a decent backup big they're shopping for or uh, that anybody is shopping Pascal, yeah, no, a Pascal would that'd be a lot. I've I've seen um I've seen Hodel in a lot of trades, but I don't think San Antonio San Antonio really likes him. They want to keep him around. I I would, I would be happy with Hodel. I I wouldn't be mad at that. He'd be good. He could give you some playoff minutes. I think Plumlee wouldn't be a bad option. I just worry about him Mm -hmm. getting off the floor and under the bright light. Because let's face it, the Celtics they don't give a shit about the regular season. They're going to be the two or the or the one seed. But yeah. They need playoff guys. I think um, if I'm just thinking around the league, some of the other big men I've kind of seen, like, thrown out there. Has Deadman been traded yet? Deadman got sent to the Spurs today. Oh, God. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That was interesting, actually. Yeah. It, was just, it was just for cap space, right? Yeah, they're going to wave him. I actually just learned this when I was – I had to write uh, – I'm doing the trades. I'm writing about the trades. and The Spurs mm-hmm. actually did that. They, there's a cap minimum that you have to have. Oh, and they needed that's kind of five mil. I know it's weird, but they're going to buy him out. He'll be on the buyout market. I think that's where the Celtics are going to find their their backup big. You know, you can go. I mean, Deadman, yeah. he's had a down season. He hasn't been great, but you just I think the, the way I see it is the Celtics playoff rotation is you're going to have Smart, you're going to have Tatum, you're going to have Brown, you're going to have Time Lord, you're going to have Al Horford, then you're going to have D White, and you're going to have Grant. And, and Brogdon. And Brogdon, who's been phenomenal. Oh, my God. Like, that is... Yeah, the, oh, and we have like, Peyton for probably, like, Peyton Pritchard for, like, probably, like, 10 minutes a game, too. Exactly, exactly. And then, like, so... Fast pee Yeah, fast pee Oh, you legend right there. Oh, yeah. For real. Yeah. He drops, like, seven. He didn't drop, like, Wait, seven. The, the Dwayne Dedman train, who did the Heat get back? Was It, it was just for to clear cap space, right? Just for cash, yeah. I don't think they got so, anything, yeah. So they're probably going to make a move in the coming days. I've heard a lot of sparks around the heat trying to Jimmy. move. They're trying to move Kyle Lowry. Really? Oh. Yeah. That um, would be interesting. Both both sides a... are not satisfied with where they're at. I heard I mean, shit about the heat Rourke Hyun to the Mavs. I was hearing stuff about Jimmy Butler to to the Mavs. Really? That would that would be interesting. That would probably fit the like the Mavs play style that's, better. That's that's what I thought would be the ideal trade for the Mavs. I didn't even think about Kyrie. If I was, I yeah, I didn't even know he. Wa- I'm, I didn't know he wanted out till he that statement. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, it was not- shocking to me too. Well, no, it's yeah. Kyrie. It wasn't shocking, but Kyrie to the Mavs feels like some shit you see in like twenty twenty, like twenty twenty nine of two K sim when like you've already just yep. the auto sim and it's like. Victor Wembanyama is already a four-time championship winner and MVP because he's just so juiced in all the like fan drafts. Of that. <laughs> but I mean, I I don't know. It's we're, re, we're revisiting 
It'll be interesting. Uh, but for the future, fuck it. I don't think I don't know if we'll stay. They've already talked about how this might be a rental. Yeah, he said one. <laughs> they said one year deal, right? Yeah, one. He's, he expires. He's got no fucking reason to come. Oh back. my god! Unless they go on a run, like this is such a ballsy trade for the Mavs. Like if this if this doesn't work out, I mean, on, on the one hand, you, they they they'll have cap space. They'll be able to throw a max contract at someone. They'll probably throw it at Kyrie if he doesn't resign. He'll probably end up in LA with LeBron, like because the Lakers are so fucking stupid and they get every good player because they're the Lakers. <laughs> this is me off, but that's where he'll probably end up unless the Mavs pull some shit out and he really likes the city. Maybe he'll go check out Grassy Knoll and like triangulate where they shot Kennedy and figure out the conspiracy. But oh uh, my god. Him and those conspiracy crazy days. analogy, he, dog. I can't lie. That's That's why you want to go to Dallas. You want to figure it out. I think Kyrie's gonna. Now you said grass and I was like, what is he talking? About? <laughs> no grassy no. He don't know. No, I was like, I was like, where? I did not know where the sentence was going at any at any part. <laughs> I, but, you said I was yeah, like, is he going to bring up the Kennedy assassination? with with Kyrie, I don't even know. What the? I don't even think he's a safe option anymore on a team. I mean, he's never played normal. He's gonna find, like he said, a new conspiracy, and then he's gonna get suspended for fourteen games again, or whatever the hell the suspension was. I'll be interested. What is the most amount of games he's played in a season post caps? Post caps. Post caps. Uh, it Not was a lot. Twenty twenty eighteen nineteen in Boston, or yeah, twenty eighteen nineteen in Boston. He played sixty seven. And then the bubble he year, he played 20, that, so. 21, he played 54. Last season, he played 29. Jesus. That's so, awful. See, I don't even yeah. see how it's worth it, honestly. Well, no, but... I mean, look... Those 29 games, 20 games, he's giving you... You I should win. Faustian bargain, right? It's, it's yeah. a huge ball. You're putting everything into this one thing, and it's the most volatile... Mm-hmm force in the league he is this he is. is like it's it's pretty much championship or bust like if they don't if they go in yeah. the first round then to the king we're gonna look back and think like wow the maps got fleeced you know well, and then and then this is the interesting to me what does luca do you think you think you think yeah. luca looks at this front office and is like okay you traded my best friend on the team dorian finney smith which i it cannot be overlooked he so he's out yeah. and now in his place he has Kyrie. So that's just, you know, I I think Kyrie's actually, a, he's probably a good teammate. Like I, everything like Nick, Nick Claxton and Cam Thomas all spoken well about him. He just has an mm. active imagination. Um, but I just, I, I think if you're Lucas, he has an opt-out in 2026 and he can force a trade whenever he wants. And it, it, like the Mavericks will get a King's ransom for him, but they don't want to trade him. Why would you want to trade him? He's an MVP candidate for, he's going to be an MVP candidate mm. for the years. It's a good thing the Kings drafted Marvin Bagley, though, because we got Trey Lyle. Don't, don't start me on that. All right. I got to get going. All my All friends right. are doing a chem quiz, and I don't want to fail. So Go get a- we, yeah, we will be doing this food. next week, right? Yep. Next yes, week at 6. Next week All right. Six. Perfect. See you boys then. I will see you guys in the next one. Yep. What's, what's the outro? What's the outro? Do we, do we have that? Um, we'll, uh, let's just – Ben, you can edit in some B-roll footage. Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna like like a man frolicking in a field, like like a dog, like in a in a pool, you know. Yeah, and then maybe some like lo-fi instrumentals over it, Mm -hmm. and some text that says "Thank you for watching."
lo-fi hip-hop beats. So, Jill slash Rick. Yep. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. See you, boys. I'll see y'all. See ya.